Hello, and welcome to the Campaigns, the actual play podcast from D&D Academy. I am Michael, and this is our 13th Age Playtest podcast episode number two, That's My Hammer. This episode will find the players rising to the epic conclusion of the Blood and Lightning adventure, again found within the 13th Age lore book. I don't want to give away any spoilers, so you'll just have to listen to see how our two characters, Novary and SE37, handle the uh, assault on Greenstand, and then their return trip back to Bolt Strike Pillar, and then with the, of course, craziness that ensues. Do want to apologize that during the second episode, the second part of this session that was recorded, the furnace downstairs did kick on. There's quite a lot of ambient noise. For some reason, my microphone didn't pick it up that much, but Nico and James's did. So I had to go through, and anytime they weren't talking, I would lower the volume on their microphones. So you'll see it kind of go up and down. Anytime one of them talks, it comes up, and when they're not talking, it goes down. The furnace kicked on and off several times during this last hour. I'm really sorry about that. There's not much else I could do. We have upgraded our audio system, and the furnace is becoming less and less of an issue. But this, this episode was actually recorded a couple months ago, and c'est la vie. So anyways, this episode is only about 50 minutes long, and then we have a short pause, uh, and then we have a 30-minute discussion, or 30-minute or so discussion about the game and the system, and kind of give a post-game wrap-up. So here you go, our 13th Age Playtest Podcast episode number two, That's My Hammer. Okay, so you guys have agreed to go to Greenstand, take a magician. It's uh, Calston, will be the magician going with you, wizard. He will be able to activate Greenstand's defenses on site and pretty much wipe out anything within the ruins. And then you guys will just do mop-up duty on anything that's left. So they continue to make arrangements. They want you to go in the evening so you're less likely to be um, detected. And there's actually even, it's not like a secret passage, but there is a well-hidden passage that they have that will get you really close. Again, this is something they've dealt with many times before, so they've kind of prepared for it. But you still will have to travel through the forest for probably an hour after you get out of that passage. But you should still, you should be within any uh, centuries, but outside of the actual ruins themselves. And when Quellus originally brings us up, you get the impression it's just like you guys and the wizard. However, when you start to make your final arrangements and you go to meet Calston, there's a whole contingent of uh, elf warriors there with you, as well as Conj. And he basically says that he felt and he convinced Quellus that it wasn't fair to send you unprepared. So he has got an entire contingent of 20 soldiers that will go with you just in case the defenses don't work. What kind of armor are they wearing? Uh, it, they're all elves, so it's like leather, you know, um, it, they're, they're scouty ranger type, so they're not going to, like, blow your cover. That's my only concern. Yes, yeah. Um, so you are still going to be in charge. They will simply help guide you to the correct location. They will be under your direction, but they do know the area well. They have, have a history fighting goblins and hobgoblins, so certainly uh, listening to them would not be a bad idea. So, okay. uh, Calston... Yes. Have you uh, done this before? I have not, but I have been trained thoroughly on what is required of me. 
But you've never done this before. I have never actually done this before. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> What's the worst that could happen? Well, the worst that could happen is 200 orcs tear us limb from limb. Or goblins. Goblins, hobgoblins. 200 goblins tear us limb from limb. You're correct. That is probably the worst That's thing. That's the absolute worst thing that could happen. But I have full confidence that will not happen. Quellus would not send me into danger. I am very adequately prepared for this. I think you will be pleasantly surprised with our defenses and how well this will work. This is not the first time that we have done this. Well, then surprise me, Calston. Surprise me. Excellent. <laughs> so as it gets to evening, you set out on your trek. Um, initially, the elves will sort of guide you. And it's almost like a culvert that's been buried. So it's like an underground tunnel that they lead you to. And it's very, very long. So you'll be in this tunnel for two or three hours. Once you come out of it, again, you'll be about 45 minutes to an hour, depending on how fast, depending on how fast we move from then on out. So unless you guys are going to do anything else in particular, this is pretty much going to happen. It happens pretty much without incident. The elves are very professional, almost like a military SWAT team. Like they're using hand signals and short uh, sort of code phrases so they all know what's going on. Don't talk you outside of think, that. You almost think that for the first time you've seen me, be happy. <laughs> <laughs> There's almost like a sort of a hint of a smile yeah. <laughs> raises on your wooden face. Uh -huh. <laughs> this is what you were built for. I can see somebody totally like doing a joker on you where they like paint in, like <laughs> draw a smile. A smile so that when you're standing there talking, it just looks like you're always happy. You should change no. your name to JKR37 so it's like Joker. Anyway, <laughs> so you travel. There's a, like a slight rain starts to fall, and you, can, you don't feel it because you're in this like hidden culvert, but you can kind of hear it hitting the ground and just the moisture in the air. And within this tunnel, you can just tell that there's like a, a deep fog starting to rise within the forest as well. So when you come out the other side, there is a bit of fog and wetness and mist still hanging in the air. But you're still pretty much on target. You're continuing to make your way. About 15 minutes after you exit the culvert, you hear an explosion. And you can see off in the distance, there's just like a flash of lightning and then a ball of fire, like a mini mushroom cloud, just sort of erupts from where Greenstand would be. And Calstein says, he goes, what's going on? Um, did the lightning just do your job for you? It, it shouldn't be able to do that. <laughs> that it, no, it, that could not have happened naturally. Something's going on. I'm just staring at him. Well, is that what your thing is supposed to do? Sort of. <laughs> like, that was the intent, but I don't, I don't understand how it could have happened without me there. You have to have the ritual words. It can't just happen. Someone had to have done that. You didn't write the password down next to it, did you? No, but it is password one, so it's not that hard. Hunter two. Yeah. So all the elves are looking at you, but you, you can tell they want to go see what's going on. And even if it did go off, there still might be cleanup work. So they're thinking, uh, you know, we still got to do what we're sent to do. Yeah, I guess we do. Lead, lead on, fellas. So they start to pick up the pace at this point. You know, secrecy really isn't an issue. So you start sort of like trotting through the woods. Still a low mist. You're kind of swirling through. The, the rain's picking up a little bit. 
but you're not seeing a lot of lightning flashes, so you're not sure where that one necessarily came from. As you kind of come out of the clearing, though, it's clear that there has been a massacre. There is still smoke hanging in the air. There's bodies that are still smoldering. Well, whose bodies? Goblins? Goblins and hobgoblins. I mean, there's just bodies everywhere. And it looks like whatever did this, because it's not just the magic. You can see there's still arrows in people. There's spears that have been broken off. doesn't look like anyone's taken time to loot the bodies, because you can still see like valuable swords and armor just laying in the dirt. It looked these creatures were clearly ambushed by something, and that something is now not here. Well, looks like something did our job for us. Because I'm experienced living in the woods and following tracks, I would like to see tracks of who did this. Okay. Do I add four, or do I roll a d4? Well, you get your initial uh, intelligence bonus, and then you also get your background point bonus. So 22. 22. So as you move yourself closer into the ruins, uh, because it's been raining, there's a lot of sloshing mud, and it's, it's certainly mixed together. But you can sort of separate out some clear tracks. Goblin, hobgoblin, lizard man. So it looks like the aggressors here were some sort of lizard man creature. And you do know that they often fight with spears. So that does fit your knowledge that they would be attacking with that. But they are not known necessarily for their magical abilities. They do have wizards, you know, within their culture. But they're, they're considered like lowbrow hedge wizards versus, you know, advanced magic. I want to uh, give the attention of the scouts and like point at the a clear marking of a lizard footprint. Okay. I'm not going to actually even talk. I'll just okay. like... Give me an intelligence check. Uh, eight. Does that include your... Alone in the wo- life in the woods? Life in the woods, but you also get uh, your level. So like, can you do your bonus? It's your bonus plus your level. So it's, you'd be at plus three, plus your intelligence, <laughs> and then plus your b- background. Well, it's plus five. So five plus four. So nine plus six. Fifteen. Okay. So... I'm going to say that even in the short time that you were with them, that you were able to pick up on their signals, just like by observing them. So you're actually able to sort of talk in their own. Plus, I'm primitive. familiar with something similar, I'm sure. Probably. It's like we have a closed fist. They have a closed fist and their pinky out. Because <laughs> yeah. that's how the elves are. Because they're high elves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're able to, and they, you, they even seem like somewhat surprised. They're, you know, they're kind of nodding like, okay. And they, they see the same thing. You see them all, they all take out their bows that they didn't already have them. They start looking around. And you don't see any lizard man bodies. Like, all you see are goblin, all you see is hobgoblin. There's definitely no lizard men. If they fell in battle, someone took them. You don't see any bodies. Both of you go ahead and give me another intelli- or a perception check. Uh, 21. 22. Okay. So you guys continue to make your way through these ruins. And they're, again, it's like an old castle fortification has crumbled so there's like you know two foot walls five foot wall lots of rocks and shrubs and that kind of thing and you come almost to the exact center and there's a sort of an open area probably was a garden at one time so there's just a lot a lot of grass and that kind of thing and there is very clearly two gigantic footprints here probably 10 to 15 foot across that you would recognize as draconic <laughs> I did a signal for the podcast listeners. Yeah. I'm like, check out this one. Yeah. 
So they all sort of. And then the, the other thing I do is I look at the sky. All right. So the sky, again, it's raining, very cloudy at this point, so you don't see anything above you. Uh, but you do know that, obviously, lightning is a, an attack that some dragons have, so it's very possible. Blue ones? Blue ones uh, in particular. So it's very possible that, that initial lightning strike that you saw earlier was from the blue dragon. And Calston is sort of a, sort of looking at this, and there's a, his, his eyes just kind of widen, his back straightens, and you see him just sort of turn slowly, looking back to where Bolt Strike Pillar should be. And at that exact moment... <laughs> There's a big explosion from there. Calston. <laughs> I have a question for you. Possibly with a follow-up question. <laughs> I have a question. Two-parter. <laughs> Two-parter. First part. You're sure that uh, there was no way for this thing to go off? Even if a dragon breathed on it. Even a direct, it, you had to have known the words. Any wizard sufficiently trained could activate it, but only with the correct words. Follow-up question. <laughs> Is there anyone else back at the tower that knows the words? There are several. Follow-up, follow-up question. Do you trust them? And then there, there's that moment where, again, their eyes kind of narrow, and you hear one of the, the elf warriors go, Conj. That's what I thought. Come on, boys. Let's go back. Right, so they take <laughs> off, and they, they start running. So obviously his desire to send a bunch of extra warriors with you now realizes that he was probably trying to lower the defenses. Mm -hmm. So you have a full run. You can probably be back at Bolt's in about an hour because you were going quite slow. But it's still an hour of whatever that was here attacking there. There. Yes. That's not running. Okay. Yep. So <sighs> you guys run through the tunnel. The, the rain actually picks up and it starts to get a little heavier. But even through that, you can hear explosions and booms and lightning and thunder outside of what the storm should have uh, uh, created. So as you burst out the other side, you can see through, and this is what you behold upon the top of Bolt Strike Pillar, which is now about three stories shorter than it was when you were there last, and a large blue dragon has taken up residence on top of it. Aw, nuts. And you see that sort of down below, there's a circle of, of mages that have formed. And you're still quite a ways away, but you can see this if you can, it doesn't make sense. Um, and you can see from even from here that Quellus is in the center of this. And in a unified attack, they send out a bolt of magical energy that hits the dragon and actually causes it to topple and fall off the backside of the pillar. As you continue to run, you sort of lose sight as you start going through the forest, so you don't know what's happening after that. Anything else in particular you would like to do other than just running straight out? Mm, keep on trucking. Okay. My fear is I don't want to use the tunnel because I know we will come back from that. Well, so I, you're to... already actually through the tunnel. You're, okay. you're out the other side of the tunnel. So the, the other 15 minutes or so that it takes you guys to rush in, and the elf warriors start to sort of spread out a little bit. You're still together, but they're not in a clump. They're sort of like a crescent moon shape. You break out of that last bit of forest so that you're in the clearing, and it's a scene similar to what you saw at Greenstand. There's elves 
that have been stabbed by spears. You can see probably a dozen total lizard men running throughout, just sort of double stabbing any elves that are on the ground still moving. You can see the blue dragon is actually, his left wing has been completely burned off, and the whole left side of his body is like charred, but he's still alive and sort of crawling and slashing at buildings. And then on the tower, where again, it's now like three stories less, you can see a figure holding up a hammer, sort of... Uh, That's my hammer. It appears to be your hammer. <laughs> Here you cannot make it out, but you are confident that it is probably Kanj. And he appears to be sort of some magical ritual that he is performing. He has my hammer. So what would you like to do? So in basic terms, you have lizard men, dragon, Kanj. Those are your three sort of immediate targets that you could go after. How much is we won't get XP. <laughs> ah, but if you... Uh, sweeten the pot. If you are able to defeat the dragon, you will get an incremental advance <laughs> that you could then use for the rest of the session. Well, <laughs> since you put it that way... Plus, maybe, I really uh, want to see you guys fight a dragon. No maybe offense. Harvey Dentrix over there needs to uh, take a hammer to the face. That half of his face that isn't burned off. I'm assuming the dragon's name is Harvey Dentrix. Uh, no. No. Oh. Actually, it has the name. It's not Harvey Dentrix. <laughs> I think it's, uh, uh, I don't know. Not that it's probably important, but it did name the dragon. So what would you guys want to do? You want to go die to a dragon? No. <laughs> do you want to go kill a dragon? Yes, but I think it's highly unlikely. <laughs> it was a pretty big dragon. It was a pretty big dragon, it but it is... Half of it. it. So you guys would know that it is actually already staggered. So it is already at half its hit points. Yes! Only 1,500 to go! Yeah. We have, we have 20 warriors under our command, though. It's not enough. <laughs> I believe since our primary objective was to retrieve the hammer, we should go after we the hammer. We should go get the hammer. And then, then the use the hammer to kill the dragon. Correct. This is a good plan. Okay. I want my hammer. <laughs> All right. So you guys bypass the crippled blue dragon. It continues to sort of wallow about. And it's clearly wounded, but it is not helpless. He's by not any, helpless? Okay. By any stretch of imagination. <laughs> and you rush into the tower that even though like the top part has been broken off, the bottom part is pretty pretty well held together there's some cracks in the walls and the seams there's dust and debris falling down but it's not like it's going to collapse at any minute so as you rush in there is a circular stair that goes around the entire outside area of the inside of the tower if that makes sense and you start to rush up it it's the, it appears to be the only way to go up and you can see that spattered along the staircase there are lizard men who have been coming in and out of different levels so you do have some opposition on your way so we'll go ahead and roll initiative at this oh point. wait a minute I just thought of something. Isn't this tower full of, like, magical radiation? Yes, it is. But it's very likely that that would also, because it's been half blown up. Yeah. Well, now I might actually be unstable. Yeah, it could be worse now. We'll find out. <laughs> so all of these things are lizard men. So it is not a hellhound and a king? No, it is not okay. a hellhound and a king. It is actually lizard men. All right, so let's go ahead and roll initiative. 27. 22. 
Alright, so 27, 22. We have two Lizardmen Savages at a 25. And one Lizardman Magician at a 7. That'll be the Hellhound. There we go. Okay, so SC-37, you guys rush into the Bolt Strike Pillar. You start to go up the outside. About 15 feet above you is the first Lizardman soldier. So he's got a spear, and he's come out of a, like the, that first level hallway. So he sees that you're coming up. He's on a small platform. He's got his hel spear held towards you as you're rushing toward him. What would you like to do? A small platform that right next to it is what? It, like a hallway. Like, like Basically, it's like a landing. So you come up so far, and there's like a little area that you could stand, a hallway that goes into the interior. Or is the tower inside hollow, so if I push it outside of the landing, he'll fall down? It's not completely hollow, but, but it's more like a treehouse, you know, like within the inside. Because so that's how space. elves build things. Damn straight it is. So let me ask you this. Can I push him out of a cliff? You Any could, cliff. You could push him, but unlike before, he'll have a chance to grab something on the way. It, so as far as getting past him, it would work fine. As far as killing him, may not. I almost don't want to engage. Screw it, I'll just hit him. So you're just going to try to hit him? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, 15. Alright. So for just, since you guys know, their armor class is 17. To hit a lizard man 17, the magician is slightly lower than that. Alright, that is not going to be enough to hit it. So since you are now engaged, it's going to try to attack you. It's going to use its spear. And it's going to miss. There is a lizard man up above you who's actually going to throw his spear at you since you are engaged. So he's throwing his spear. Yeah, he uh, he throws it the wrong way. <laughs> just, just give it a bell. All right, no free. <laughs> he throws it the completely wrong way. <laughs> yes. Apparently, he saw a. He threw it at one of the he other. Threw a, he's, there was a mirror. Like, ah, oh, I see a guy. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> he sees dead people. <laughs> um, well, he's not the only one with spears, because I have javelins. So I'll throw a javelin back at him. It'd be awesome if you miss too. Hmm. It'd be awesome if you miss as well. So it looks like yeah. he's about to <laughs> he just spears everywhere for no reason. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, 15 AC. 15 misses. Okay. All right. But uh, then as a quick action, I'm going to say, uh, hey, SC-37. Well, you can use that on your next attack if you want. <laughs> Sweet. It is a five. <laughs> All right. So the lizard man wizard who is a few levels above you is going to throw a, an acid orb with a 16 versus PD physical defense 17 17 misses it splashes on the wall beside you and pssst, there's like this green acid that starts to dig through the tree wall alright our escalation dies at 1 SC 37 you are up you are engaged with a lizard man I will continue to attack 17. That is what you needed. Yay, escalation die. Uh, 18. 18. That lizard man is staggered. It is now his turn. He is once again going to try to stab you. This time he's going to hit for a 19 versus armor class. That will hit. 
Alrighty, you take seven points of damage, but because I rolled high enough, he gets a special attack, which means he gets a free bite against you. Ooh, they bite. 22 versus armor class. So that is an additional five points of damage. And on his next turn, he gets to do an additional attack again. He has, like, triggers built on top of triggers. Okay, the other lizard going to throw a spear at uh, Novary, and he hits really high. Seven points of damage. It is now your turn. So you're at the bottom of the landing. He's engaged with a lizard man at the first landing. Second, lizard man at a landing above you, and then the wizard up above, the, okay, above that. Okay, so I'm going to go hit the guy that just bit. Okay, so you're going to engage with him? I'm right. going to hit him with my hammer. I'm going to hit him with yes, my hammer. Yes, you have successfully hit with a hammer. <laughs> Twenty. Twenty points of damage is enough to take that lizard man down. He stumbles backwards and falls off the ledge. Ah. <laughs> Hits the ground below. He won't bite you anymore. Ah, thank you. Alrighty. So the now that you two are together, the lizard man wizard is going to cast his acid orb again because it can hit more than one person. And it does so. So both of you are going to take... Three points of damage, and you are taking three ongoing damage. And it is now your turn. So you take three points of damage, SC37. <laughs> That's nuts. <laughs> Escalation die is at two. How far is he nearby? He is not. He's far away. There's another lizard man that's nearby at the next landing. The wizard is far away. One more landing up. I will engage the lizardman in the way. Okay, so you're going to run up and engage? Yes. Okay. You need 15. a 17. Miss. You will miss. All right, it is that lizard man's, lizard's man's turn. He will try to take you with his spear. He drops his spear. He is now spearless. Ha-ha. No worry. I will hit him with a hammer. You take three points of damage first. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, roll your save. Sorry, you need a 16 or better. Okay, so you take three points on your next turn as well. You're going to miss. Wait, did I roll? Twelve. Did I get to roll twice? Or you automatically take damage and then you get to save. Yeah, you save at the end. So So you you don't save your save. Nope. Alright, so the magician will... um, (laughs) Continue murdering us. Continue to acid spray. You sure this is better than the dragon? <laughs> 16 versus physical damage against you again? Miss. Hit. Okay, it actually is attacking him, but oh, it, can, okay. it can splash you. Okay. But it did not work. Awesome. Uh, You're welcome. So, top he of doesn't the order. know that Warforged are immune. You take three <laughs> points of damage? Sometimes. <laughs> okay, it is your turn. You are engaged with the lizard man. He was weaponless at the time. I would like to use evasive strike, which gives me plus five to disengage, so I can hit and disengage. Okay. And I want to disengage towards the wizard. Gotcha. Nope. Even at plus three? 
plus five. But I rolled a one. You rolled a okay, one. Okay, yep, then that will not succeed. All right. Uh, I'll use a hero point. Yeah. So the <laughs> lizard man is point. going to try to bite you with a natural 20. So you take 10 points of damage. Go ahead and roll. I actually, what happens at half health? You are staggered. There's no game effect, but certain... I am but you just got hit with a critical? Yes. You get an attack reroll blessing. Once during this battle, you can reroll an attack. Okay. All right, go ahead and roll your save versus the acid. You made it. Okay, so you are no longer under that. All right, it is your turn. You take three points of damage. I do. So you see that SC-37 attempted to try to get away, but was unable to do so. So keep in mind that you are, you're both engaged, so you would get your sneak attack if you were to hit. Yeah. If you were to hit. Keep, keep word hit. there. Plus three. I think I got it. Except if I roll a one. Spend a recovery. Oh, I got seven. Nice. Plus your constitution right. modifier. Yeah. I'm no longer staggered. Roll your save versus uh, acid. Nope. Okay. Wizard will once again cast his uh, acid spray. He hits. So both of you take three points of damage, and if you you are back to taking three ongoing, it does not stack. So you're not taking six, but okay. you're back to taking three. I am exactly snuggled again. Okay. <laughs> Escalation dies at four, and it is your turn. Has this lizardman been hit once? No. Bleeding strike on the lizardman. Uh, 18, 22. That will hit. That's weird. Uh, 36, 9, 13, 4, 17. 17 points of damage. Oh, and I, I've never succeeded with my bleeding strike. I always get an odd number. All right. <laughs> uh, the creature is staggered. Does that include your sneak attack damage? Yes. Okay. Unfortunately. All right. I rolled a 3, 3, 3, and a 4. That is the lizard man. So he is going to try to bite you yet again. He hits with a 21 for five points of damage. He bites me? Yes. No, very. Oh, wait, I didn't, oh, I didn't get to... Yeah, save. Nope. No. Okay. I take three. You are at plus four for all of your attacks. I'm going to hit him now. Hit that lizard man. Yes. Gee. Seventeen plus uh, twenty-three. Yes. Seventeen is your target number. Okay. Thirteen damage and heal using a free recovery, so you don't actually use a recovery die. Forgot to actually still use one to. up last time. Okay. Oh, why do I roll a two? Did you save versus your acid yet? Yes. I saved. Yay! No longer. Okay. So well, now the wizard will hit his Now it's the wizard's turn. Uh, cock die. Try that again. Misses. Yay. Escalation is at five. The lizard man is staggered. Really staggered and then some. Uh, evasive strike. I'm doing it because I can, not because. Yes. Very much so. 23? More than this. More than needed. Lizard man. Ah! I failed you, the blue. All right, lizard man dead. Navari. 
There's a wizard up there. Yes, you can move and engage in this turn. He is nearby. Let's do that. 17. 17. That is more than what you need. The wizard has a slightly less. Because he's a pansy. Yes. That's an even number. Why does that matter for you? 17 damage. Ongoing 15. Okay. And uh, he is staggered. <laughs> and it's his turn. It is his turn. Take 15 damage. Ah! <laughs> and he crumbles into the He's sort of grind the hammer into his face. <laughs> so he dies. All right. SC 37. You guys are at escalation six. Are you going to run towards the top of the tower? Yes, and spend the recovery. Okay, are you going to push to the top of the tower? I will also go to the top of the tower. Okay. I'm out of recoveries. Three so. rounds to get to the top of the tower, but there is no more opposition, or if there is, you can sort of muscle past it, brush past it, whatever. So as you come out on what is the new top of the tower, you see Kaj holding Glossentor. Glaz- I'm going to spend another recovery. Oh, what is this? And he is... There's another one. Um, he has like a pedestal that he has set up. How many do you have? <laughs> eight. Oh. I used to have eight. I thought I only had three. Yeah, I think <laughs> eight is pretty much the minimum. Okay. Thing, so just about everybody has three. Awesome. Well, then I'm using one too. <laughs> and you guys see that there's like a, like a small pedestal set up, and there is a book that's opened up on top of there, and he's reciting words from within it in some sort of ritual. And he's holding the hammer up at the same time. There's lightning that's starting to build and sort of swirl above it. And um, he's not yet quite through with the ritual, but he sees that you come up and he smiles and looks over. This is, come to your death, Glazentor, and the blue shall kill you. So I want to run and tackle the book. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What's the PD on the book? <laughs> PD on the book will be 10. Okay. <laughs> I think the PD on the book needs to be a 2. I got 14. 14, all right. Plus so you stuff. are able to just sort of push over the book. It goes tumbling. No, I wanted to grab it. I'm tackling it. Are you it. actually going to grab a hold of it? Okay. Yeah. So he looks and he sees that you're coming forward. Now what he's actually going to do is he's going to try to interrupt you. So he has the ability that he can step in front and attack you. If he succeeds on his attack, then it stops your action. Since you're not engaging with him, that is going to miss. Okay, so what you want to do happens. So you're... Past him now, almost like a receive running back grabbing the ball from the quarterback. Yeah, and I like do a little roll with, with it, then I have the book. All right, so you are now on opposite sides of him. He roars, No matter, you have simply delayed. You will not destroy our plans here. For us, if we actually can I do this, <laughs> throw, it out, <laughs> throw it off the cliff. No hurry. Um. You, you have my hammer. <laughs> then come take it. I'm going to come take it. Here you go. But first, this is the same encounter, right? Yes. So you still have one reroll. Oh, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's important to know. Okay, I'm, I'm, bleed through. I'm very angry about this, so I'm going to go it's ahead. The screams and, of the uh, dead. Yeah. That, exactly. That's the, that's the battle down below. Yeah. I'm going Louder! To, I'm going to invoke vengeance. Um, for the rest of this battle, add 
double your level to the miss damage of your attacks and the attacks of your allies. Yay. So effectively triple level miss damage. Okay. And then I'm going to hit him with a hammer. Hit him with a hammer. 13. 13 is going to miss. That's okay. He takes 9 damage. Okay. <laughs> so he basically intercepts your hammer with his hammer and sort of strikes it away and sort of does it arrogantly. And then he's like, ow. Yeah. <laughs> ow, my hand. Ow, my hand. <laughs> like vibrated through. Ow. God, that really can hurt. Don't ow. you know we're elves? We can't do that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> you're not Have you elf. seen our wrists? <laughs> you're, you're no elf. And then he will attack you. What? With and Torg. With a 21 versus armor class. Yeah. And that is six points of damage. I don't think I do want Glazen Tori. It kind of sucks. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, never mind, proceed. <laughs> Continue with your oh, ritual. Oh, this hammer sucks. <laughs> All right. So we'll go get the book for you. <laughs> Finish this up. Yeah, I got, I got places to be. Yeah, it was all destroyed when we got there. Too late. <laughs> what can we do? All right, SC-37, you are on the other side of him. The escalation die is at three. I would like to do a bleeding strike. Okay, he is engaged with your ally. Uh, uh, I'm guessing a 12 will not hit, so I will use my reroll. Yes. Okay. What? <laughs> Same number? Exactly, same number. I even rolled a different die. <laughs> that was your mistake. You reset the odds. Yeah. No, never do that. All right. You, you, you can't really tell what he's doing, but it doesn't seem to be helping, whatever it is. Just swinging the book around? <laughs> no, I threw the oh, book out of the book. He, like, tickled you it. Think like, I, <laughs> you think there was a fly and I was, like, trying to hit it with my club? Oh, good, good job. <laughs> Why does that have to be a standard? That's so dumb. So I'll go ahead and bless us. That's a quick action. I'll say a little blessing. Be awesome. May our hammers strike true and be awesome. So we both have plus ones on all of our attacks. Until the end of the fight. And then I hit him with my hammer. 14. 14 points of damage? No, 14 AC. Oh, 14 AC. Sorry, no, that will miss. Yes, 14 points of damage. Yes. Okay, Sorry. 9 points of damage because I missed. 9 points of damage. <laughs> oh, it's 9 more damage for me, right? Or is it only for you? Does that miss? Uh, yeah, if, you have a, if, you're, if your attack has a miss effect on it, then it's tripled. Yes. So that's 9 for me for swatting the fly. Okay. <laughs> so he continues to use. You have a bug on your face. Bow. To, to swat your Once I realize away. this, I start hitting the, the floor. <laughs> but he's getting fatigued by it. So he is now enraged and he's going to attack the not a true elf with a natural 20. So you will take 12 points of damage. I'll take 12 points of damage. You get another reroll. All right. Escalation die is at four. I'm so staggered. <laughs> It's my turn, right? Yep. All right. Uh, 22. That will hit. That was a really good roll. 10, 17, 21, 35. 35. All right. So you come across with your... And I hit him on the shoulder. Uh, just sort of falls to his knees. Uh, blue. And he drops Glazen Torg and then falls backwards. I look at him confused, and then I look at, at Novri and say, was that it? I think that was it. 
Can you hand me my hammer? Sure. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I do a cursory look to make sure he doesn't have any dwarven items on him, which I believe he doesn't. Okay. So as you are picking up Glazentorg and starting to inspect the body, a foul blue mist erupts out of his mouth. And then with this sort of retching sound, you see his body erupt and this blue dragon beast creature forms out of his remains and rises to battle against you. Uh-oh. You know why this happened? Because I said that was it. Yeah. Uh-huh. So you are now fighting the transformed da- dragon thing. But since this is the same battle, we'll get the escalation. We went down one from that from that turn. So SC-37. You are now confronting this foul beast of magic and mist. How close are we to the ledge? Pretty close. Do I think I'll be able to grab him and throw him over the ledge? And does he have wings? He has wings. He has wings. (laughs) Okay, upon seeing that, I will do a bleeding strike on him. Oh, please hit so I can actually bleed for once. Or ble- make somebody bleed for once. Uh, 18? 18 will miss. You I have re-roll. a re-roll. <laughs> I did not make it. Alrighty. Nova, you I can do never have do Glazentorg. Glazentorg is a plus one Warhammer. But it does give you sort of a um, gory quirk. You... Whenever you kill a creature, you must dip your fingers in its blood and, like, make a mark on the fallen body. You don't just have to do it in the middle of a battle. Like, you don't have to, like, stop. But, but I have to battle, mark all the bodies by yes. the end. Yep. So now you have an MO. Yeah, so they <laughs> a will, signature of They sorts. will be able to hunt you down. And, and, it's uh, like, what? You know what? Your signature should be, like, a question mark. <laughs> <laughs> No, Mary like was not here. <laughs> or like a smiley face. <laughs> It'll totally be a smiley face. Be happy. A little hearts. <laughs> little hearts out of blood. Um, okay. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm kind of hurt, so I'm going to do the rally thing. Well, since I missed, does he get nine points of damage? Is that still going on? Yeah. It's okay. till the end of the battle, so if it's, okay. it's the same battle... <laughs> That is a pretty good ability. It will be even more awesome when we have like five people around him. Yeah. Um, so the rally thing, I just make a constitution check, right? Well, no, if you... Rally is just a free thing. That's only if you're at zero. Oh, so you that, just, okay. You just choose to do it. It takes your turn. I'm not at zero. Okay. So, yeah, so you just get a rally. If you want to do it again, you then have to start making constitution check or saving throws for the ability to do it again. Okay. Okay, so that is your turn. That's my turn. On the transform dragon thing's turn, it's going to attack you with fangs and claws and spikes. You get to roll 3d20 and take the best one. Only takes one? Yeah, he gets to pick whichever one he wants. So he has, like, super advantage? He has has double advantage. So, since he doesn't like you because he doesn't think that you're an elf, which he's technically not an elf any longer either, he's still going to attack you. Yes. So you take 11 points of (laughs) I just ra- I just did that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a zero. You are a zero. So, <clears throat> I'm a zero. 
You get a re-roll. <laughs> yes! <laughs> All right, and it is now your turn. If I had to judge, how hard do I think this thing is? Not at all. Well, it, it's taken nine. So... It, it's just a scratch. It's a flesh wound. And not a Black Knight flesh wound. But really like if, flesh wound. How close are we to, am I to the stairs? You're nearby. So you could get to the stairs in one run. You might die. It's time to be a hero. I don't think that's really in his, uh, his programming. <laughs> <laughs> I will try to hit him once and see what happens. Okay. You are at plus four on your attack. And you Blade and strike. Yeah, since uh, uh, 18 plus 7, 25. Yes, that is a solid hit. So I do one bleeding damage and 18. 18. Okay. You hit it solidly, but again, it is not staggered. But it was a solid hit. All right, it is now Novary's turn. One death mark. All right, it's going to attack you with ball, fangs and claws and spikes. And it's going to hit for 11 points of damage. I sense the theme here. Escalation mm-hmm. dies at five, and it is your turn. You can do it. I got two rounds to do it. <laughs> Unless you need to roll a saving throw. Oh, yes. Fails. I will re-roll. Oh, actually, yeah, he did take one point of damage on the beginning of his turn. He re-rolled and sucked, right? From a three to a four. Oh, four plus five is nine, plus seven is 16. 16. Plus one for you're still blessed oh, till the end of the battle. 17. Missed. <laughs> no three. Yay! I'm not dead. So you can rally, but you're still on the ground. But I have five hit points. Yes, he also counts as an ally, so if you do hit, you'll be able to use your... X and D8. Yes, it is, but it is the creature's turn. So it's going to attack you, and it hits for 11 points of damage. Escalation die is at six. It's your turn. Bleeding strike again, just in case. Oh, yeah. You know what? Hold on. He went. It passed, but he did take one point of damage first. All right. Uh, 19, 26. Yes. 26. You have staggered the foul beast. It roars in displeasure and then redoubles its attack after and over he goes. So I'm going to first quick action... Give myself a plus two AC. Then I'm going to hit him with Glazentorg. Yes. Is that a crit? That's a crit. Nice. So maximum damage. Four, 28. Remember the plus one because it's a plus one thing. All right, so Glazentorg comes down where his head... Is, is. Uh, Vinwar's head used was. to be. <laughs> it, his entire head just sort of like 
cracks and is now mostly where his chest would be because he's sort of a, an ethereal creature. But he just starts to fade away, and, uh, and as he floats into particles, the storm overhead starts to lessen immediately. And you can see down below you that the uh, elf warriors have sort of rallied around the crippled dragon, and they're just plunking it with arrows, and it's losing battle, King Kong barely holding on. And by the time you would get there, it will have fallen as well. Okay. As it's dissipating, I reach, I, I, I reach I into the, the particles <laughs> and grab a handful of particles. And then I make a smiley face. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, why do you do that? I don't know. <laughs> it just makes sense. You know, that is a good way to start a ritual. It's like you kill something weird and then you start, you do something that's like, you know what? That actually felt good. <laughs> This so, empowers me. Have, as the battle fades away... Uh, I do the killing blow on the dragon so I can get all the XP. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there is no XP. But anyway. Run down um, to the dragon just in time and go, pink! <laughs> XP. <laughs> right. Yay, for me! I was in the battle. It was full of XP. <laughs> Actually, the smart thing would be to start killing all the elves so that you get a higher percentage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So anyway, so uh, in the aftermath of the battle, you find that most of the upper-level warriors and magicians were initially attacked and killed by Kaj, as well as the Lizardman and Dragon. So the tower, in, in its current state, is without any sort of leadership, and you guys sort of agree to stay on and provide some leadership until reinforcements are sent from the Elfin Court. I do not agree to this. Okay. However, he agrees to yeah, it. I agree so to I it. So I end up staying. So you end up staying. And the legends are starting to be told, or stories that will become legends, of your bravery, cunning, and ability. And you are summoned, after the fact, back to the Elven Court to receive a boon greater than even Glazentorg. I want, by the way, as the legends form, there's going to be a picture of me. And the book flying out of the tower. <laughs> that's not the picture. <laughs> and then he threw the book away. Why did he do that? Nobody knows. <laughs> but clearly it had a point because they won. Because uh, so that's what made it into all the storybooks. So it had to be important. <laughs> it had to be important. So as you were summoned before the Elf Queen, she uh, imparts to both of you another boon, which also has strings attached as you were sent on yet another dangerous mission yeah. but in the, for, in the for your reward you'll go over here and kill more things <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but, but in, in the wise words of the conan movie that is a story for another time <laughs> did, did calston survive yes calston did survive um, as did as part of my um duties and responsibilities and privileges of leading this recovery effort before we head back calston is now mine <laughs> He's your manservant? Yeah. <laughs> He's not happy about that. He doesn't have to be. I'll treat him nicely. But he's coming with. So you have a manservant and a puppy dog or forged yes. forge porn. Excellent. All right. So thus ends the introductory adventure Blood and Lightning. And that concludes the adventure Blood and Lightning. Please stay tuned for our post game wrap up and discussion. I only died twice. That was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. so th again, there were some balancing issues because you were tougher, but there was less of you. So some of the battles probably were too hard and others that were probably too easy. Um, but just for a few minutes to recap, so what do you guys think of 
the system of the game, likes, dislikes, how would you compare it to D&D specifically, but then more like, I know you like Savage Worlds, like, where would, you, where would this fall in your list of games I want to play? If I play this with D&D, it almost makes no difference, yeah. because they're very similar. However, because we played a lot of D&D, we played this, at least it would add some... Uh, Variety, uh, variety, because it's something that we haven't done. It also seems like because there's like more, there's definitely more selections in classes. So, uh, well, how can I say that? The classes are the same, but you have more selection within the class about what you want to do. Like the rogue I was playing, I could make five more rogues. They would still be stealthy, most likely, because that's what rogues do. But they would play a little bit differently. I do like. Initially, I thought I wouldn't like the whole roll and like whatever. Depending on what you roll, they place a bigger the, different the triggering thing. effect. Yeah, I did like the whole. I was waiting for an even number, even though I only got it once. Because it's actually my like I would roll and I have habit. I'll be like, oh, I got this, and I'm like, wait, was it an even or an odd number? So I actually thought to myself, maybe I would like to play a board next just to see the whole triggering based on other people's rolls. Because then you're definitely paying attention to what everyone is rolling. That was one of my first thoughts about reading it. Is I was like. They made a bard cool. Like, I've never seen that before. I've, you know, actually, I'd kind of like to play a bard in this game. Yeah, so that was cool. Um, yeah, aside from that, like, the, we have, you have more hit points, uh, but things do more damage. Because really, we're fighting, like, level one monsters, and then we're doing, like, 11 damage yeah. and stuff. So, yeah. or six. So that's one of the things. So, so it kind of balances out. I know there are other games that kind of do this, and, it, and it's talked about in other games, but. Pretty much all the monsters do set damage. Like you don't roll; it's four or six or right, eleven. Yeah. So do you guys like that? Don't you? It doesn't even matter. I think. I mean, I did look at my hit points, and I said it does eleven damage. Okay. I'm at thirty-four, which means I can get hit three times. I was at twelve, and I and he got up. If he hadn't gotten up, I would be like, gotta go. Because I know he's going to get maybe a hit, and then the next hit I'm going to be, I'm going to be, dead, I'm going to be dead. So I actually, it's kind of cooler when it's even when you roll, people can kind of figure out about. Yeah. Because it's like seven, eight, six, and you're like, okay, it's he it has like maybe a d six or a d four plus three somewhere around there. You're like, you know, if you say it's only twenty five, you know that that was just a fluke. But most likely you can kind of figure it out. But because it's a solid number, you can kind of like almost calculate how long it would take you to kill somebody. I, know I, I think it helps with the speed. Exactly. It, it, right. And I think, well, I think it helps with the speed, I agree. But at, at the same time, the adding the, you roll, and then you add your attack, then you add whatever round it's, it's on. And then when he added bless, you have to add another number that slows it down because you have to like it's it's funny it sounds like okay it's adding three numbers instead of two but it still takes longer that's just how it is well and i think like to combine the two thoughts there um you almost kind of need the bad guys to have set to to speed that part of it up yeah. because the rest of it is slowed down like it's it, like I don't think the fight was actually any faster time-wise than it would have been in like I guess D and D. It's I mean it's faster than fourth ed, but everything's faster than four ed. Right. But, yeah. <laughs> well, it's actually you know now that you said that that implies that the players play more in a battle. Exactly. And the bad guys play less percentage-wise. If it's if it's fifty fifteen D and D, this one is like sixty five thirty five because the damage is like 
It's not like, yeah, even because it's steady, when you have five different goblins or whatever, that speeds it up by a lot. Yep. Yeah, and, I, and you know, like, uh, at one point you rolled for three goblins at the one t- at the same time, because you know that, okay, everything that's yeah, over this is, number six is, is 12, six, yeah. six, six, boom, 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 done. Yeah, I don't have to figure out each one. I do like that, and it's something that's in next as a suggestion in each of the monsters. It gives average damage, and I've started doing that, because yeah. I do like the fact that it's just a little faster, and it's easier, again, for mobs. I roll five, every tick a t- a hit is X damage. It's so much quicker than trying to roll the damage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always it's easier to multiply so, number by number. Um, icons, you know, it, it's still a shoehorn, because it was a pre-main adventure I put right. in, but the fact that like I did change it so that the Elf Queen was a big part, and the Lich King was a big part. Like, could you see that in an ongoing campaign being an interesting thing that, to add? Or what would you guys think? I think it's cards? interesting because it in D and D you have kings or whatever, but I, I, it, the only way you get in contact with them, like if you play Forgotten Realms or Dragons, whatever, the only way you get in contact with them is the, if the GM wants you to get in contact with them. In this, it, it seems like the thirteen. Deities or whatever you want to call them, entities, you get in contact with them all the time because they ha- you have to be in contact with them based on your rolls. Except, especially if you have like a party of four or five, and they all roll, you know at least one of them. Yeah, I, I thought about that beforehand. Like if if you guys had not rolled any fives or sixes, I was going to let you re-roll till we at least got one. Because I thought with two of you that was a chance, and I wanted to come in play. But then both of you got at least one of those. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, but I can see in a normal party of four or five people, every game. If you think about it, if everybody has three, but they're probably going to be different. Who people who get fives and sixes will be different. So it, each game will will be like, okay, now the agents of the Lich King are involved. Now the agents of the Dwarven King. Are so it feels like the the powerful entities of the universe are involved or have a hand in the things you do, which is kind of realistic. It's kind of like Lord of the Rings where in reality, the bad guys and the good guys on both sides, they have people involved in whatever they're doing. Like you, They kind of like interject them, themselves in different yeah. points. It's like, why is he here? Oh, because he's trying to help this guy. Why is he here? Oh, because he's helping this, the, good te- the good team and they're going to this place. So I kind of like that. I like, I like that. Yeah. It makes it the... Uh, it, for me, it made the environment and the NPCs seem more real because they actually had a play in what right. we're doing. And one of the things, and this was in the module that I liked, was that there was three different scenarios for the goblin attack at the beginning. They could be goblins that work for the Orc Lord, the, the Lich King, or I think one other person. And each each one had a different trapping. Since this one I picked the Lich King, that's why they came back as zombies. If they had been working for the Orc Lord, they were they did more damage. They were more savage. And I just think that's kind of a cool thing that I've, I've never really it's done. It's flavor. It's, it's like flavor. they're goblins. But no, these are different. And I think if you played the game a lot, I wouldn't have to have told you that they were Lich King goblins. Right. You would know, oh, well, Lich King goblins have withered monster. do this thing yeah, yeah this or thing. even if we didn't notice the face paint if they got up it's like oh it's their lich king yeah we like we automatically know what it was yeah, so that's something i do like that you and that's something that you can do in any game but i like how they codify it and say yeah do and that. especially like um i like the icons thing from a dming point of view because a lot of times like if you're running a game especially a game like set in your own world or whatever you you already know everything and it can get a little boring. So having something where, like, you know, the the players' choices here are changing what you're designing, yeah. almost randomly. It you know it makes it 
you know, sitting there planning is a game in and of itself. And that's one of the things it talks about is if you roll it at the beginning, then the DM kind of has to figure out how to make it work, which is why I'd want to do it at the end. But, you know, anytime you're in a game, sometimes if it's getting slow, you're like, okay, somebody breaks down the door and there's a fight. But in the types of games that I run that are very story-based, I always struggle with, well, who, like, that doesn't make sense. But if you have a conflicted or negative relationship, I go, oh, okay, it's just an agent of the Lich King. Yeah, they're just coming to kill you because they want to kill you. He just heard you're in town. So, (laughs) yeah, yeah, of course he's going to attack you. And I think it it helps make a coherent story out of random events. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what about backgrounds? We didn't do a lot of skill checks, but what did you guys think about the background aspect of points and not skillless. I think the backgrounds are interesting. I think there's danger of choose if you don't know what you're doing, you might choose a background that's totally useless. So that kind of falls in the DM, I think, to make sure that the players don't make bad choices. If that makes any sense. Yeah. It'd be good for all of your background, depending on what's happening, right? It would be good if at least one of your backgrounds comes into play once a game. If it doesn't, you've chosen poorly. And, well, another thing you guys may not know about is the 13th Age is set up, it's a 10-level max. So, like, ten, basically 10th level is as high as you go. So, at 3rd level, you are, you are very powerful people. So, your background should reflect someone who's a mover and shaker in the world. And I can see interesting backgrounds are fine, like Chef. But, you know, you're the type of person, maybe you are an important chef. You're a Wolfgang Puck, right. not the guy at McDonald's. Right. So, even as a chef, you're probably renowned in some way for your skill. Or... You're known as the adventuring cook, and you know, there's uh-huh. stories and jokes about that type of a thing. Bards sing about my soup. There you go, yes, the, the soup of death. <laughs> All right, so backgrounds we talked about, icons we talked about. What about one unique thing? It really didn't come up in, well, yours did, because you were the dwarf, yeah. uh, the dark elf uh, in the other world. Yours didn't come up a whole lot. No, I think, yeah, and, and when, yeah I, think, I think it's hard to make that come into play. Yeah, something I, has to come. Like the only, I mean, you can claim. I guess like if you had to retrofit it, you could say that the reason why the wizards were doing experiments on me was because I was made out of wood. Yeah, just to see if there's a difference. Yeah, I guess that was the only thing I tried to add in there. So yeah, I didn't do right. one thing. So I mean, from that perspective, I guess it happened. But the one unique thing, I guess, it's not. It's flavor. Yeah, it but seems, it doesn't come into play. It seems often. like an attempt to codify flavor to yeah. crunchify flavor and i i don't know i don't know that that's necessary like at, like as a dm if i usually what i'll do is i'll say give me you know tell me a little bit about your character and if you tell me something interesting i'm going to use it and if you tell me something boring or you don't tell me anything at all i'm not like yeah. I, I don't know that I, it means, I yeah exactly like if you and if you tell me something and I'm and I use it, then that makes the game more fun for you because you had input into yeah. it and it it's moving along paths that you want and exploring I interesting think things. You, I think when you players, it's not a bad idea to make, force them to basically yeah. choose something. Yeah, I can see new players particularly probably drawn to that, which is funny because I don't think this is designed for new players. Because like I said, I don't think reading this book, if this was your first book you read, I don't know that you could play it. I don't know. If you, if you play D&D... If you play second D- edition, yeah. If you play any D and D game, I think you'd have a basic no. But what idea. I was going to say, if you play D and D second edition, the rules were pretty complicated. Thaco and stuff like that. Well, was, not that it's complicated. Not, I just think there's an assumption easy. that they they assume that you know certain things. That it, I mean, I haven't read the book, and it may be something in how it's written. But I think that like, if the DM knows what they're doing, 
anyone could play this. Like it's it's pretty simple. I I would like to see as silly as this is going to sound like the uh, a character creator app like they have for fourth oh. ed because there's a lot of adding stuff or even even maybe like um a phone app or a tablet app where you're like okay this is where the escalation night it it almost seems like it would work better in an online setting with custom software well, I, I'm where sure it can do the math for sure you because there's, there's a lot of numbers to being add developed yeah um so like like one thing in particular is I wasn't a fan of fourth edition powers. Like I thought the daily at will encounter was kind of a generic. I just I don't think it, it didn't fit a narrative. It was a clearly a game mechanic thing. But I don't really mind them too much in this one. Most of them seem to be at wills. Like there's a lot of interesting at will powers. Uh, but, yeah, I, but I do like, for example, jumping here is like uh, Rob is playing a cleric in our game. He's a seventh level cleric, and he's never really played a lot of magic users. And I think he is often overwhelmed by the number of spells. And he's, you know, he's on his laptop a lot, sort of like as we're playing, reading spells, because he still doesn't know what all of them do. And at this point, he has access to probably 60 spells between first, second, and third level spells. So I kind of like the fact that you have choices, but not an overwhelming number of choices, particularly for a new player. Like, I think he would probably enjoy playing this more, even though I think he would not like not having that many choices. I think actually playing the game would be more fun because you're not always going, oh, I should have memorized this spell, not this spell. Yeah, I think I think, uh, I think with the reason why you like Ad Wills in this game, and I like them as well, is because Ad Wills in D&D 4th Edition kind of suck. Ad Wills here, like my Bleeding Strike, yeah, it only does 1D4, and I have a 50% chance of actually doing that 1D4, but that's what Lamar entertained to me, and I was still attacking. Fourth edition encounters the encounter powers of that game are the will powers of, of thirteenth yeah. age, yeah, and that is what makes the difference. And the dailies are really powerful. It's yeah, I mean, all of, almost I didn't all have of my dailies. stuff was dailies. Yeah, you had dailies, had momentum, which I didn't really use because I didn't get hit a lot. So, right. so any other just thoughts in general that you'd like to share about the game? I would say overall, it was I, I enjoyed the game. I actually enjoyed the campaign that we just run i think was interesting kind of like a classic feel to it which is perfect because that's that's what you need for a new game because you don't have to deal with the understanding what the plot is it's like okay i, I get it i understand what's happening right. yeah, the yeah, end, yeah. These, it, it was a little bit surprising like we had a talk when we were outside it's like is there going to be a trap are we going to be double cross when we get there but I don't think we have ever thought about Blue Dragon and kind of having to run back and all that stuff. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that at all. I knew somebody was double-crossing us. <laughs> we were getting double-crossed. Yes, but it was like not what we expected. So from a story perspective, that was good too. Um, I When we first played 13th Age, when we made the characters and had like one battle, I was like, I don't see any point to it. Now that I've actually played an actual game, I don't know if it's because I played a lot of D&D next or, or not. I actually would like to play more of 13th Age because it feels like it's something new and different. I feel like I have more choices, like almost like 3.5 choices. Well, at the same time, not having to deal with some of the lesser parts of 3.5, like having 45 skills to pick from. Yes. Right. Yeah, we've actually, in my D&D next game, we've adopted backgrounds because I love, I, to me, that is a perfect way to do skills. I've always hated skill lists. 
this makes so much more sense to me. So I've already adopted it into the D&D next game. Yeah. And, and I mean, as far as the backgrounds go, yeah, like it might help to have more of a guidelines. Like all I can think of is um, the best example I can think of is from an RPG called big motherfucking crab truckers. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of that one. Big motherfucking crab. Uh, and when you make your, and, and it's exactly what it sounds like. You are three hundred pound crabs who drive big rigs. Of course, that um, makes sense. <laughs> you have four skills in that game, and your skills can be whatever you want them to be. One word followed by an exclamation point. So your skills can be drive, fight, Fun. hack. You know, whatever whatever you want them to be. But you get four, and that's it. And you resolve everything by rolling 2d8. If you have the skill, you roll 3d8, take the top two. Like, okay. well, no, in so, the- so saying like one word <laughs> with an exclamation point, get four of those, there's your background. <laughs> uh, that definitely fits that type of game. Yeah. Uh, if you go through the book, it actually does give you some suggested backgrounds since you know, we did pre-gens. Like for a barbarian, it says wolf clan champion, caravan outrider, fur trapper, mountain tribesman, Wasteland Survivalist, Underworld Refugee, Gladiator, or Iron Seacoast Hunter. So it gives you sort of like an example of, of what it would make sense for a background. So I do think for new people that would, so it's not completely in a vacuum. Yeah, but like I can, I can absolutely see somebody, and I mean, I wouldn't allow this in my game, but I could see, you know, other DMs might, somebody, you know, rules lawyering, their background into every single thing that they do like my background is i was in the circus and then i joined the military so i'm good at every fighting thing and also every acrobatics thing <laughs> yeah well i, I put a four in each well, i think that's one of the things where the dm you're gonna have to say <laughs> and i'm a sniper and i'm a sniper, I'm a sniper. <laughs> and, well, actually, because i learned that go. in the circus <laughs> i was the trick shot artist i, was, I, I shot arrows at balloons over people's yeah. heads Circus is the best background. That circus. I think so you can just put just about anything. Yeah, I just have five points in circus. I can do everything. And three points in Navy SEAL. Yeah. <laughs> Bombs explode. All right. So, again, I, I'm loving D&D Next. Don't get me wrong. I, I love the old school feel of D&D Next. But I do still, I'd kind of like to take our game to 13th Age. I think, but I, but I don't know if it would fit the current campaign we're in because it's a very story-driven game and this is definitely a combat game like there's a lot of rules around combat plus there's also no druid yet and uh, one of our guys is playing a druid but i would like to do i'd like to give this a little bit more of a run through yeah i also want to play fate so we're, we're torn when we do our fate test, no, you definitely need to try we're to not torn it. at all we're playing fate oh fate's awesome <laughs> it's actually free i know you're really busy but if you go to evil hat is evil slash store or Evil Hot Productions. If you say Evil Hot Fate, if you Google that, yeah, you'll, you'll find, find it. it. Yeah, so you can get the PDF. It's like pay what you want. So it's it's free, but then if you decide, well, this is worth five bucks. Yeah. Then if you buy the book, then you get the PDFs for free. Which and is the, what I did. And I got the books, by the way. The PDF, you know there's a there's an accelerated version. It's only like, it's only like $5 or, or $2.50. Don't buy the real. If you're going to get the PDF, get the real PDF so you can actually... I think that I read the accelerated version after we played our game, and... I don't think it does the game justice. It, it's a good resource at the table when you have to look up a rule. Well, I think but... it's more of like for new people. It's like, oh, a, okay. it's like a streamlined version but with less depth, but it gets you into the game really quickly. But I love Fate. 
I'm really looking forward to I think since you've read a lot of role playing books, just reading Fate, you'll be like, wow, this is, it's like, it's almost like they sat down and they said, what's cool about D&D? This, how they present this, this idea, and how they deal with this. And then they went to a different game. It's like, what's cool about this book? It's like, oh, okay. They, they give little examples and they have a story. Okay, cool. And it's like, what's good about this game? Oh, the story is actually coincides. They're like, the amazing thing about, about it is th- while they're telling you all the rules, they're telling you about one campaign. And those are all examples that come from one campaign. So you almost start relating to the characters that you're reading about. While you gain examples about what they're it's doing, that, that's one thing that I wish that D and D didn't get rid of from the third third ed era is the the iconic characters that they used for the examples oh, in yeah. the books, like you know, Lita the Rogue and hey, Miali the Sorcerer. It's a Miali, I was thinking. Yeah, uh, right. Tordek. Tordek. <laughs> is it Redgar? Yeah, Redgar was the fighter, wasn't it? Uh, no, Tordek was the dwarf fighter. Yeah, I think there, Redgar. Uh, Redgar was the Human, human cleric, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I know you're talking about. I that. know Lita though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the halfling rogue. To have like people that you could, because I think what what it, what Nico's saying is that you're you could just take the examples, just yeah. like the examples and read it. I think you'd have a good idea how to play Fate. Yeah. But it's one of the first books I read cover to cover. Like I was on vacation, and it's just it made me want to play. Even if it's not that game, I'm reading this going, I want to go home and play some sort of role-playing game. It's, it's an awesome My concerns is combat might actually not be very smooth. But that might be because we only did it once and we were all trying to figure out how it works. It, it, it worked really well, actually, in that Google Play. I think, I, I think it did. Yeah. I think as a socio-political game, it will be spectacular. If it has combat in it, it will be interesting to see how it works out. I think we will have to do at least three or four battles. I think that will be the... I think in Fate, it's probably the, the steep... Learning curve. Learning curve will be how to do combat in a way that makes sense. So this has been the 13th age playtest of Fate, apparently. <laughs> uh, because everyone gets together now, we talk about Fate. So, all right. So, Ian, last, any last thoughts on, on the game as a whole? Because obviously we'll be posting this at some point in time. I'm a fan. If... Um, if I was going to play D&D right now, like we're going to start a new campaign, I would probably want to play the 13th Age version first, then maybe next, but I've also been playing a lot of next, so it could just be... Yeah, that's I, what I'm I was ready, thinking. I was I'm ready for something thing. a little different, but probably even over first, second, third, or fourth edition, it would be next or 13th Age version of D&D for me. Yeah, I'm, I would agree. Like, if I were going to play in a D&D style game starting now, I like I liked this. This was This yeah. was good, and... Like next, I got burned out on next pretty quick, um, but this it seems like the right balance of different things to work right. I don't know. Well, again, next uh, still play uh, test. There's there's parts that don't fit together. Yeah, yeah, there's there's absolutely parts that don't fit together. But also, like I don't know, this was just more fun. <laughs> All right. So for you, Nico. No, I agree with that idea. I think they they did a good job engaging players and you you feel like there's a lot more options even though in reality if you look at things from a one-on-one perspective you really have the same options as anywhere else but it feels like you can be more creative i, I yeah it's hard to explain why that's, it, I feel it, that it, way. it does it it feels player loaded like the players have more to do and it's not it, i think that a game can succeed pretty well if the dm fades into the background except for when they're talking <laughs> okay i think it's fair yeah. you know if i mean the players are the 
main characters, and I'm not saying that like players should be running the game, but they're the main characters. Keep the camera on them 70-30 as opposed to 50-50, which is what you end up with with like next. And I think combat turn, is... Turn, 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 right. and then five turns for the DM, and then turn, turn, turn. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. No, I think, I think that's what the combat... I, I, the, how combat ended up working out I agree with that 70-30% I just think it's pretty pretty close to that so, well just really quickly maybe I'll edit this back in but as far as the non-tactics battle but you have nearby far away engaged disengaged I mean well I mean I've done theater of the mind before that's I mean that's pretty standard theater of the mind stuff and you know you do zones or you just say oh no you're not close enough so yeah, it's, I mean, the ha- mechanics is, is similar to everything else. Initially, I had to like remember what the, what was what, but after like the first three rounds of combat, it's like okay, I get it. I think the most important part there is isn't that you know you can fight without a grid because you can do that. All, you can even do that in fourth ed. I've done it. It's not as good. You but, can do it, but the problem <laughs> is that so many powers in fourth edition. Yeah, there's so many powers that are like grid. slide shift. Yeah. Those don't work so well, but. Um, giving it a name like that's really all they did was give those parts names and giving them names gives you shorthand to say nico are you nearby me <laughs> yes that I, that's what rather it than is he close enough for is he close enough for this thing that i have to work is he within 20 feet or having a a, a shorthand for it sped things up so since you died like seven times <laughs> twice i only died twice death and dying rules so what do you think about that I mean, they seem pretty fine yeah it, it's the difference is in dnd 4.0 you end up rolling and you need three tens here because you need a 16 you fail a lot more but then you get 16 and you're at zero yeah i like that actually i like that it was harder but, but you once you make it, you're you done. You don't have to succeed three times yeah. and say, okay, now I'm okay, but I still can't get up. I'm unconscious. I think from a game designer standpoint, in, in fourth edition, for example, you have three possible outcomes. You have a negative outcome, a neutral outcome, and a positive outcome. With this, you have positive or negative. You either are succeeding and you're back in the fight, or you're not succeeding you're closer to death. You don't have a role that really doesn't do anything. It's like I passed, but I didn't pass enough. So really, all I did was postpone my action and do nothing. Yeah, turn. you don't have the do the do nothing turn, do but nothing then turn. you also have. Um, I think that that kind of also opens it up for more interesting, like powers and abilities. Like I haven't read the book, but I could see, you know, somebody having like I had an ability here that was. Um, I don't think I actually used it. No, I did use it the one time. Uh, no, not that one. I had something where, that triggered off evens or whatever, and you had a lot of things that triggered off evens. Um, I could see... Oh, yeah, here. I had Invocation of Trickery, which is this battle attacks against you by enemies that move to engage you during their turn, miss on natural odds. So I could see somebody having an ability like Hard to Kill, where, you know, death death saves that are an even number but less than 16 don't count as a hit as, yeah you know stuff like that like they it gives you a lot of options a lot more options right they definitely have a lot of things that go rolling odds or evens and their crit is like old school D, which is you can have a crit range of 16 to 20 if you just like 
want to focus on that. So that means you can roll 16 and say, oh, it's an even, which means I can let them bleed. And also it's a crit because they have the 16 to 20 range. And then I'm sure there's abilities on the bar and stuff like that, that when somebody crits, you do something out of it. Which that will make the game complex, but that means everybody will be involved, even well, if it's not your turn. And, and from reading, because one of the things that is interesting about reading this book is that the two main designers have these little sidebars all throughout where they talk about why we did the rule this way. And in some cases, they disagree. And they're like, there's two versions of this rule. Here's why. This is what I think, and this is what I think, which I, just from reading was interesting. But as I said before, one of the things they wanted to do is they wanted to make every role in the combat matter. And keep people interested because too often it happens in our game where when it's not my turn, I'm doing this. Yeah. But if I have stuff that triggers off of your rolls, then I need to. I have to be participating in the battle when you're rolling, and particularly a bard who does have all those interrupts. But even you, you almost guys, you almost need somebody. You need a buffer. You need a, a guy that buffs. If your class is buff, a buffing class for other people, that person will almost involve the entire group because he cares about everything. Every role. And, and I would almost you say you need to like sit in a central place you're playing a, a, <laughs> probably a druid I'm guessing all the buffing classes are probably like that you play a druid or you play a, a bard or whatever you probably have to like be in the center so you can see what everybody's rolling because when you hear help. 17 it doesn't mean they're all a 17 it, right. may, it means they're all a 10 which is an yeah. even for you yeah because a lot of it triggers off the natural roll yep. not I modified can, I can see that happening where you go I got a natural 9 total like you don't start talking in that parlance yeah because maybe people. it is a good thing that you have so many things to add because you you have to like do it out loud you're like okay uh 12 plus the escalation dies at four plus i have a six and i'm blessed yeah, so, so you're going through the list and the guys, bars are checking off check, like, check. Yeah, uh-huh, uh. <laughs> oh hey you get this bonus yeah, cool all right well guys I, I actually ended a little earlier than i thought i think uh, probably with more players it it takes longer. It would have been yeah. longer, uh, so we got through it a little quicker than I thought, but I'm glad you guys came. Hope you had fun. Well, when we bypassed the lizard men and the dragon, well, the lizard we're men like, were... let's go kill that dude. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was really hoping you would fight the dragon just to see if you guys would, would live or not. Cause it, it... We would not live. <laughs> Maybe. I died twice. <laughs> what was what was his, uh, the, the damage he did? Because um, obviously it started off as a level 8 creature, which would have murdered you. But it was considered a level four creature because it was already half dead and wounded. And the, the key stuff. is how much damage would he do? Because right. because it's a static damage. If you said twenty, we'll be dead in two rounds each. All right. Yeah. So crippled blue dragon. It does double claw attack at plus eight for seven damage. But if each? it gets a nat, no, it's so it's seven total. It means he gets to roll two d twenty. No, it is two attacks. So yeah, it, oh. would, it would be two attacks, seven 14. each. So that's fourteen. If you get a natural even hit or miss then you get a free bite attack you bite it plus eight and you do 10 damage plus an additional d10 lightning damage so you actually roll that one so so average 17 but you can only you only get the lightning twice in the battle but still that's average 17 just for claw claw for two hits you would take us out a lightning breath (laughs) um you can hit 1d3 nearby or far away enemies 15 damage on a natural even the target's also dazed save ends it's already staggered it gets the escalation die when it's even so it would get plus two plus four see plus that six. would make the game really complicated right there yes uh, well then that but that yeah. all, that's all happening on that side of the screen right so but his hit points though were 120 the the thing that you killed the 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 mutant was 90 and you guys killed that he was dead and you still killed it in like three rounds you do a shit ton of damage when you hit 
So it would have been. It would have been. It's tough. a three D eight, and it, when he's up, it's four D eight. That's what, it, what. That's what does it. So that means I do twelve plus four. I do sixteen, on average. And usually I roll really well. I roll like eight, six, yeah, seven, well five, and stuff. That and been and if battle. we'd have been fighting the dragon, then I would have whipped out a uh, strength of the gods on you, yeah. which is nearby ally deals plus two d eight for the rest of the battle. So you would have been doing sixty eight. Oh, the other thing is we all <laughs> we hit a lot because the rounds are high. Yeah. Right. Basically, we kill the Ponzi. Which gave our gods drop what to a three or a four, and then he came up, but we're already on a plus four, so that we weren't missing very often. I mean, I still missed. Well, you guys, you got up to six fighting the minions, and then and you went back down back. to two, but still you started at two rather than zero. So it's three rounds earlier you were already hitting them. Yeah. Problem. Cool. That's a big change. Two, plus two is like a ten percent change. That's not. That's not. Little, that's not. A lot, that's not. Not, not even sneeze at. Yeah, and yeah. plus six is a huge deal. Plus six is like you you miss if you're all like a three, yeah. and even then you still want to declare your number just in case. Because something, yeah, you know, and that's another thing I'm thinking about including in my game and next is escalation die just to see how it would work. But I think I'm it would be too fast. Too. It would be too fast. And you would kill. I think it would be too fast. It, like, it wouldn't actually speed things up because so many of the bad guys have such low hit points that they go down in one or two hits. And then, so, it would just be whichever guy's left after you kill five guys with one or two hits. And then the last is, guy standing He's just going to be dead. So, it's like the inverse ninja rule. <laughs> yeah. With the last ninja, he's the hardest one to kill. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That is, that is absolutely correct. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you much. at our website, dndacademy.com. You can check out previous podcasts at our website and subscribe to future ones on iTunes. If you have a suggestion for a topic, we'd love to hear it. Email your ideas to podcast at dndacademy.com and you can connect with us on Twitter at dnd underscore academy. As always, thanks for listening and remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right.